0: Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the Third Sector Mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and speaking from our hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe.
1: Welcome listeners to this Mastering Life podcast, where I'm very very happy to announce Frank Nolan, one of my business mentors, as my guest today. And Frank's going to be giving us an insight and share his experiences around the importance of health under this title of My Health Wasn't Good, to be frank. So, Frank, a very warm welcome. Thank you very much, Paul. Glad to be here. And, uh, yeah, my health wasn't good, to be frank. Do you want to give us an insight?
2: Well, I suppose, Paul, um, our health is our wealth. And uh, without it, we're in big trouble. I always felt that uh, I was invincible to everything and uh, nothing would affect me. I suppose when I look back on the crash of... 2008, 2009, none of us had any idea what was ahead of us or what was to come. And um, I suppose when I look back of how many taps were turned off in different businesses I was involved in, and I was scrambling um, viciously to to protect what I built up over 10, 20 years, I realized that my health, mental health especially, um, was starting to struggle, so the first signs of of the struggle was was my fitness was starting to deplete. Um, I was starting to care less about myself. Mental health kicked in, um, and I was becoming depressed, and um, I started to spiral downwards, pal. And mm. um, and it was one of the first times that. I ever felt so fragile mentally, physically, but mostly mentally, and uh, it had a, a profound effect on me, especially my outlook on life, and how, in the name of God, was I going to get out of the current situation I was in.
1: Mm. So would it be fair to say then, Frank, that um, your life that you'd lived, or the approach that you'd adopted in your life up until that point would have been very much um, ego-driven?
2: Yes, I would say so, Paul. It was um, a stage in my life where it was late 30s. Um, my wife used to laugh um, and uh, with me and uh, ask me the question, when's it ever going to be enough? And my answer was, it'll never be enough. Um, everything I did I did to, to, I did to excess. I was involved in different companies over three different countries and um, I spent a lot of time away from home and um, I suppose Paul when I look back on it now, I really forgot what was important and uh, what this life was really meant to be and um, rather than collecting all these important jewels, I thought that meant so much to me and made me feel important and significant.
1: Mm, So things like cars and status symbols and all this external show of wealth to say that, look, you know, I'm somebody special.
2: Yes, I would say that. And I realised that, not at the time, Paul, I I, I might say, but I realised that later on, when I look back on it, it was filling a vacuum. Mm. And the vacuum was that I wasn't enough. Yeah. And, uh, and I needed these things to make me important as a status symbol to the outer world. That uh, if I had these items, it became my identity that I was what I had. And now I realize that I have it all. and I'm not getting any more. And I don't mean that part materialistically wise. Mm. I mean that uh, as in the man above gave me everything that I need, yeah. And uh, and it's not to gather all this stuff, and uh, because um, there's no pockets in a shroud mm. when we leave this life. And um, I just um, was enlightened that uh, this is not the path I wanted to take. So would it be
1: fair to say, Frank, that? Um on the back, and I don't want to make an assumption, but I'll use the phrase on the back of a near-death experience, you, um, you know, to use your words, you became enlightened.
2: Yes. You're talking about January, about two, January two years ago, and um, it was the most scary thing that I'd ever gone through. What was happening to me part of the time was um, I was pushing everything down that was happening to me. I was taking everything on the chin. I had all these plates in the up in the air. I was trying to keep control of everything. And um, even me talking to you now about it, uh, I, automatically it brings me to a place of being very fragile and fallible. And I suppose for the first time in my life, I was really, really scared that I wasn't going to be able to get through this. Mm. and hence what happened on this particular day in January I was um, with my wife and and my lovely son um, Joshua and uh, we were on our way to the Christmas Panto and it was early January and I didn't feel well going into the car uh, heading into town in the car and I literally broke down in the car and basically my wife was very worried obviously I broke into convulsions so bad that we couldn't take the Lewis which is our local train service into the city centre. She decided to drive and um, hence I literally got out of the car in Dublin city centre collapsed on the ground and um, I genuinely thought I was having a massive heart attack. I was brought into a local um, public house where um, people tried to help me and Paul all I remember is saying to the man above, please, not like this, not like this, not in front of my son um, and my wife. and um, Please, just get me through this. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just not like this. Mm-hmm. And um, what I found out, what was actually happening to me, was I was having a severe panic attack, Paul, which has a criteria of 10, and the only one that I wasn't suffering was um, constant vomiting so it was quite severe all the way from outer body experiences and so on and so forth and I literally thought that this was it I was going to pass through Mm. so it was the wake up call Paul I suppose that I needed we talk about many people's lives that they get this call or a shock and uh I kind of relate to it as someone coming up to you and sticking the two big hot metal um, irons onto your body and jump starting you. And um, I lay in bed for three or four days, Paul. And uh, while well, I got myself together, that was a turning point uh, of what had gone on for you know thirty late odd years of mm. pushing it down.
1: Hmm. And so with that breakthrough, then that spiritual breakthrough I would offer, you began to cut a different path and one that, you know, to, to go back to how you something you alluded to previously, Frank, in this conversation, at the top of this conversation, was, you know, what's really important in life and these external things and this, this ego-driven need for significance that uh, we all experience as human beings. And I think, you know, when we have something very profound and, uh, and confrontational, and in our lives like this, it, it kind of brings us to our, our senses and makes us realize actually, you know, it's just external stuff because without your health, actually, you've got nothing, absolutely nothing.
2: Would that be a fair assessment? It yeah, would, well, Paul. Um, I didn't realize that back then because um, I was a man who was very much ego driven and, um, and uh, very much. Um, that I can do it all and I can have it all. Mm. And now I've come to the realization that I uh, I don't need it all. I am it all. Absolutely. And 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 that has really really changed my thinking um and I have a completely new outlook on life and um it's not about gathering all these objects and and uh, to fulfill who I thought I was, or who I thought I needed to be to the outside world, and I've had to do a lot of soul searching from the inside and um through working through different um parties, I've started to rebuild the you know the inside of me that was broken and um I'm glad to say that uh, I call it recovery because I kind of feel it is like a bit like recovery because I got to a stage where kind of flatlined, and uh, it was a massive turning point in my life so now I look at my life differently I'm very grateful for each day and Paul I, I, I take each day as it comes for me it's like my life is like a book and each page is the page of my day it's blank it starts off early in the morning and I decide what's going to be filled on that page
1: Fantastic.
2: So it really has—it's um, changed, and it's made me realise as well that we're not here to, I suppose, the ego leads, especially in men, um early thirties to late thirties. It very much has um, a lot of power, but I—I suppose I've got to realise that there's much more to life than that, and obviously. It helps you detach yourself. It's a word that we commonly use together when we're it chatting. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you realize that you didn't come here no. for all that type of, to be filling us bags and bags of materialistic items because you ain't gone anywhere where with them. Mm. And life, as I know today, is more about how can I serve? How yeah. can I help? And it's about using my experiences and my knowledge to help people to get up to the next level and fulfill their dreams.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And actually that bags metaphor is very, very appropriate because if we imagine that we go through life carrying big bags around with us, we get very tired. And sooner or later, something will give just carrying all that excess baggage, particularly spiritually and certainly emotionally. And I think... You know, if we was to try and sum up, Frank, your, your journey, your inspirational journey, your message here, it would be around that, would it not? The fact that you were carrying a lot of big bags, you know, um, the main man in, in companies, employing a lot of people and, and letting people know that you was the man. But it wasn't
2: who you were, it really was. No. False baggage. I totally agree. It was like I was living two different lives. Mm. There was the life that I wanted people to see me As the persona that I was trying to portray yeah and then there was the internal battle that was going on that who I really was who I'm becoming and evolving into now Mm. versus the person who I wanted the outside world to see me as so now that I feel those transit that transition is happening I would just like to reach out to anybody that is going through a similar stage in their life that please understand you are it all. Yeah. you don't have to go get it all mm. and you've got to trust in the above the universe and um, the higher self call it what you will that um, and meditate and and that you're on course and um, for where you feel that your life has been drawn and trust in that source and mm. um, the whole idea Paul of literally letting go and tuning in um, as we've spoken many times there were like mini antennas going around the world and we're connecting to the main antenna yeah. being the universe, being your source whatever you want to call it yeah. That we, if we were all just so in tune with that because we're all here to help each other Yeah. some of us have more baggage than others yeah. and the people have less baggage need to help the other people that have more bags and give them a hand and if we all gave everyone that hand up rather than a handout, we would um, be living in a much more beautiful world, I believe.
1: Mm. A very, very poignant conclusion, Frank. Is there anything, I mean, not that it needs any addition, because as I say, I think that was very powerful in, in its own right, but is there anything you, you feel you'd like to add to this? Uh, well, I, I, I know and, and absolutely believe to be a massively inspirational insight. Would you
2: want to add anything to, to what you've shared with us, Frank? I would just say, I suppose, Paul, I would ask anybody listening to this podcast that if they do some really deep soul-searching why you're here if you look you shall find if you knock the door shall be opened so look inside yourself because I know that there's so many people out there on paths that they should not be on mm-hmm. they are paths driven by their parents by their brothers all there's just all so many reasons why they're on these paths but if you really really want to live a fruitful life look deep inside find why you're here and follow that dream or that path and hang on to for dear life and never let it go because that's where the true happiness is going to come not from the outside only from the inside
1: it's an inside out job, not an outside in job. I think is a fair uh, fair way to summarise
2: it. I'd absolutely completely agree with your point.
1: Brilliant. Okay then, Frank. Well, as I say, sincere gratitude for that uh, very heartfelt, very uh, very insightful, very emotional sharing with us. So yeah, thank you very much for that, listeners. I hope you've uh, you've took some great great value from that because I think, as I say, the risk of repeating. There's been some really profound stuff in there. So until the, ne- the next time, remember, keep healthy, keep safe, and most of all, keep
0: loving. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.